0: Hello and good day, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this miraculous, beautiful planet, that you are doing amazing and I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, good vibes, positive, intense prayers your way to you, your family, your friends, and to everybody you love. We have got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. I'm going to do my best to pronounce his name correctly. We have Louison Dumont on and we are talking about the information spell. Um, He is a startup founder, one of those kind of kid geniuses he was you know a bitcoin entrepreneur um you know in the vc game in silicon valley and all that kind of thing and kind of like shifted his life and and went in a totally different direction that you would never think so we talk about his journey into silicon valley um what does making the difference in a world uh, making the world a better place actually mean? The importance of spending time in nature, understanding that there is more than just the human story the internet as a tool for spiritual awakening understanding that social media is an addiction, why boredom is important, uh, the internet clouds confuses and overwhelms the fourth industrial revolution information overwhelmed, the transhumanist agenda, the ghost of the machine, the possibilities of crypto, and so much more. There are so many more show notes. This is a very relevant and uh you know timely episode so i know you're going to enjoy it and if you do please leave a review in itunes share episodes do anything you can to get the word out there because censorship is absolutely bonkers um you can find me at t.me forward slash matt belair on uh telegram i'm on uh tiktok now which is not censored yet which is phenomenal so you can find me over there matt belair i believe it is i should link that up um but best thing to do is get on the email list and, and get directly connected so um What else? Oh, the best thing you can do also is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world. And for those of you guys who are really like um, looking for a change, you're frustrated, you want to adapt and respond to what's going on. I've I've met so many people who are in fight, flight or freeze like they don't know what to do, but they want to do something or they're in a big change or they know they got to, you know, adapt to what's going on in a more powerful way if any of those things are you um, hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching and there may be some support for you whether it's the soul compass stuff or it's the zen athlete training or the quantum heart hypnosis because zen athlete training is everything that i coach in the one-on-one stuff but rather than applying it to martial arts or physical combat or war or sports performance we apply it to adapting and being resilient to everyday life which goes hand in hand because we need to overcome fear we need to overcome our limiting beliefs we need to install the beliefs that we need we need to be able to respond in a very powerful way to what is happening in our reality some of it is in our control some of it is not some of it we need to apply faith in the creator in our direction that we need to change and we need to have the courage to make that change so if you need support in any of that type of capacity um check out the soul compass course check out the quantum heart hypnosis is very powerful or we can work one-on-one together um or you can even join my atomic alchemy mastermind group where we meet weekly and we have accountability tools processes and community to support each other in our own journeys in this very crucial and powerful time for all of mankind so if you're looking to level up hit me up matt at zenathlete.com and i would love to hear from you and support you however i can um what else? I think that's it. Uh, there's so much going on, I've Been, you know, with the Ottawa convoy and, and all these side projects that I'm doing as far as law, and, and now looking at bonds, and it's just, it's just madness. Uh, but we're, we're getting through. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. I'll keep yammering because this episode's awesome, and you're gonna want to get into it. So let's uh, come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing, taking a deep breath in through your nose, hold that breath. And let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, courage, faith, power, understanding, compassion, kindness, and get ready to enjoy this absolutely epic episode with Louison Dumont. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matthew Belair. As you know, we've been facing extreme censorship alongside many other truth seekers out there. So if you want to support this show, please go over to mattbelair.com and you can become a member. You can uh, support by sharing episodes and leaving a review, review. but the most important thing you can do to support the show is to consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Today's guest is a startup founder, author, and apprentice of Medicine Ways. He taught himself programming at the age of 8 and became, at 17, the youngest ever Bitcoin entrepreneur to be accepted into the renowned Silicon Valley startup Accelerator Boost VC. Soon after, and although raised atheist, dreams led him to the medicine path. For three years, he removed himself from all social media or public life and dove deep into initiatory ceremonial work with various sacred earth-based lineages, participating and serving in multiple ceremonies per week. He just published The Information Spell, a book in which he advocates for the reconnection of ancestral wisdom and technological progress. Welcome to the show, Louison Dumont.
1: Thank you. I'm grateful to be here.
0: I try my best to uh, pronounce it with the French on the... How do you pronounce your name? It's, it's so much better. It's so <laughs> nice. We were talking about this before.
1: Louison Dumont. But you did it well. Good uh, job. Thanks,
0: man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I give it. I saying I'm the weaker version because I'm uh, the French Canadian. Um, Not not, you know, (laughs) as as as, uh, in depth as the Quebecers, but uh, I spent some time in in France and really enjoyed it. So um, I'm excited to have you on the show. As I I was kind of mentioning before, I'm kind of feeling crappy. So um, I'm going to let you run with this and and talk about your expertise. But I really wanted to make this show happen because I think what you are sharing and what you're talking about in your book and your path is very important uh, at these times that we're in. So, um, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background because, um, you know, going from kind of genius programmer to the, you know, the medicine path, uh, there are two different worlds and I'm just really curious how you're, um, synergizing those and getting them to work cooperatively, um, in these times.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Great questions. Um, yeah, so I had, I mean, my life right now, the way it looks is nothing like what I could expect when I was a kid. I grew up, uh, as you said, as an atheist, my parents were not religious. We sometimes went to church, but really nobody believed in anything. And I was just very scientifically minded. Um, yeah. And thought that my dream in life was to just become a successful tech entrepreneur and, and just, you know, um, I had, yeah, I had no spiritual background at all. And I thought, I mean, I even thought that spiritual people were kind of stupid, you know, I had a judgment about them. I thought, I thought. <laughs> I thought you know i was yeah i thought that religions were for people who don't want to face reality <laughs> uh, just looking for uh, a coping strategy um and yeah it just you know it just kind of happened to me i um i flew to uh, san francisco from france when i was 17 right after high school to follow my dreams and i got in the startup world i started meeting more and more people and i just realized that i still felt super empty that Even though I was living the life that I dreamt of, I was in Silicon Valley, I was surrounded by people who I found inspiring my whole life, I still was feeling empty and unfulfilled. So to be honest, that was a really, really difficult time in my life. I, I just cried so many times. Just I remember crying because I was just in, on the other side of the world on my own with just no idea what I was doing. And all those moments really pushed me to seek something deeper. So I, I got into meditation. I got into some, some spiritual practices without without wanting to admit to myself that it was spiritual, you know? And I was like, no, no, that's not for me. I'm, I'm just going to take what, what seems reasonable to my mind and, and apply that. And the more I did that, the more things that were completely outside of the scope of my reality started happening. Um, I started having dreams of, beings visiting me and telling me like go do that go like look online for shamanic communities do those things so i started doing that and you know after months and months of just doing the practices i started waking up so um yeah i I don't know if that answered your question yeah, you can well, you
0: can feel free to dive as deep as you like, but I, I like that background. And you know, as I was checking out your work, um, you're kind of you know building the website and and I try to find because you were offline, so I was trying to mm-hmm. kind of check you out. And then I started to look at the chapters of the book and I'm realizing how powerful they are. You know what I mean? Like you talk about um read right in one of your first chapters, the internet as a mirror for our spiritual union. Um, and so you know, your interpretation of the technological world and moving in that and then finding the spiritual. Spiritual world and to bridge those things, I think is is really powerful because I think it's not about um, throwing out everything in the technological world, not throwing everything out in our governmental systems and all these. Well, maybe the government, but, but uh, you know, a lot <laughs> of these systems that we've grown with, it's just that they've 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 um, gone a little bit too far. We've depended on them a little bit too much, and we've. I, at an expense, lost our connection with nature or spirituality. Right. And so we need to uh, balance these forces out or they start to use us. I think Prince said something like um, use the computer, but don't let the computer use you or something like that. And even, you know, the other day I was just scrolling Instagram. I was like, why am I scrolling? Like I, I wasn't feeling so well and just kept scrolling. I was like, and I just threw my phone. I was like, I'm I'm not doing this. Like this is just ridiculous. So um, yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, maybe making that leap, that decision from, okay, I'm going to leave Silicon Valley and I'm going to, start to uh, pursue this with a little bit more vigor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, in Silicon Valley, people talk a lot about making the world a better place. And what those awakenings made me see is that nobody knew what better meant. You know, like if you want to make the world better, you need to know what better means. What does it look like? And you need to understand the human condition to do that. So it's from those awakenings that it just became like super clear in my awareness that there was nothing more important for me to do than to seek my own awakening. Um, so, yeah, I, I started having dreams, very clear dreams that told me, you know, to look for communities, to look for more practices. And that's what led me to the medicine path. I started doing uh, medicine journeys with ayahuasca and peyote. Those really opened me up strongly. I started doing other practices like sweat lodges, vision quests, um yeah i started finding you know the different medicine paths and working with them um and and yeah again it felt like the most important the more the most real thing in my life like i really felt called by this there was nothing more real than this so the the leap was almost it was survival you know like it's like waking up to okay how bad do i want to be alive and now that i'm alive like i need to do what will make me be more alive and more awakened so that's that's how i made the leap and yeah as far as how to bridge technology and 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 spirituality in that regard it was it was definitely challenging at first because a lot of the communities that i started being around um tended to be sometimes in the other extreme of silicon valley of just really despising technology and feeling like, like technology was really a bad thing something to be removed or yeah, that, that technology was almost the source of all the issues in our world, you know? And of course it's not. So for many years I've, I felt almost like I, I, I no longer fit in Silicon Valley and almost didn't fully fit either in the different spiritual communities in which I was because of my um, involvement in both of those worlds really.
0: Right. <clears throat> so when you were well, when you were going on the medicine path um, yeah. and, and trying all these different things, at what point did you feel like that you wanted to write a book? Like, what are you, what are you trying to convey with this book? Do you feel like, because even with the two worlds, when you talk about it it makes me think about um, the artificial intelligence or these screens, this is, this is fake, right? You look on Instagram or Facebook, you put up your best photos and you curate this image and you have this avatar and you're really connected to this world. That's not even real. And um, I'm sure you've heard of the dead internet theory, which is a really interesting one um, as well. And so, Then you move into uh, nature, natural life, being present, um, plant medicine, understanding medicines, understanding uh, the uh, nature of, uh, well, just nature in general. And I'm reminded of um, Carlos Barrios. Unfortunately, he's passed. He's one of the Mayan elder friends I had. And he did a... um, Uh, gathering of the elders from, from North and South America. And they had this one really special guy that they were really excited about. And uh, he lived purely in in the woods or the forest or wherever he had lived in South America, you know, no technology, no nothing, purely off grid uh, for years and years. And he had a shower in his house and he goes, your water's dead. And he walked out and he went to a river nearby and he did a shower. And it just made me think about how more connected that person would be with um, the environment, with nature, with with all of these nuances that I'm probably missing, like I'm probably this big buffoon going through the forest connected to absolutely nothing, where this guy's hearing and, and really connected to the nuances. And so I feel like the technological world kind of brings us into that. And that's kind of what's been happening. We're getting synated, and we're getting, uh, you know, triggered with our, you know, dopamine and all the different things that are happening in our minds. But at the same time, we can share information now uh, immediately, it can be used as a positive tool tool and after this reflection i'm curious how you would uh modify or change the internet and and how this technology works and integrate it into the natural world so uh, we're using it in a more effective way and we're not getting kind of trapped by all these mental um habitual patterns that can happen and and also all the other things like um not feeling good enough comparing your, all these things are exacerbated in mm-hmm. that world and tiktok and all the nonsense that's coming through there with the manipulation so i'll just leave it at that and get your two cents
1: yeah, yeah. So you ask when is the moment that I knew I needed to write the book, and and it's definitely in ceremony. It's definitely in those moments when I was deeply embedded in nature. You know, if you, as you said, like the the more you spend time in nature, the more nature speaks to you, and it's it's really the the goal of most of the the ceremonies I've been doing and. Of things like vision quests. You know, you go, you go in nature and you sit there for four days, you don't drink, you don't sleep, you don't eat. And so you're forced to be present with yourself and with your surroundings. And in those moments, you realize, or at least I realized that there is there is there are many, many stories in this world. And the human story is only one of the stories. When when you stop engaging with the human story, which is the story we um create through our speech through all of our communications i you know you start listening you start hearing the story of life itself the story of nature the story of of reality surrounding you um that's much deeper often that goes much deeper than the human story which is just a construct um and so from that place um i started you know feeling the the deeper love the deeper wisdom of life but i also Realize that the human story is tremendously powerful, and technology is tremendously influential. Today, if you want to impact the world, you need to know how to use technology, like, or you need to create technologies. Technology is, you know, without any doubt, the most powerful um, agent of change in the world for me right now, or at least the one that I know. Of course, of course, the people using the technology are the real change makers, but. But technology is changing everything. So if we want to change the world, we need to connect um, the deeper wisdom with the superficial technology. That's how, that's how I see it. So that's that's when I, I really got you know the message that my place as being involved both in spiritual communities and in the tech industry was to really bridge those worlds because technology is uh, transforming the world. That's not a question. But we need the wisdom of um, of just being a wiser person, of doing spiritual practices, of of deepening ourselves as human beings, of learning what it means to be a human being. We need this wisdom to feed technological progress. So it's really important. And there's not enough people, I think, talking about this bridge. There's a lot of people who are deep into spirituality who... I mean, amazing gurus out there who just help the world and, and explain, you know, explain spiritual awareness, help people find spiritual awareness in themselves and wake up. And then there are a lot of people who talk about technology and how it's changing the world, but don't connect the dots, you know, don't connect the, the, the capacity for progress for technology and the spiritual awareness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, the first part of your book, you talk about the esoteric nature of the internet, uh, internet Mm -hmm. as a mirror for a spiritual union, the internet as a vehicle for a spiritual awakening. Uh, Can you, um, you know, elaborate on on what you mean by those?
1: Yeah. Well, I think everything in physical reality is a reflection of spiritual reality. Uh, We seek in our physical incarnated reality what we already know, or are in in spiritual awareness. So if we are all one, and that's something that I believe we're all one, we're the same being expressed as many, many faces, um, then we're seeking that communion in physical reality. And for me, the internet is only one of the ways in which we do that. We we seek this communion from the moment we're born and we we try to reach out for our mother or our father. You know, we, we connect with each other in that way. And then we speak. And the internet is really just an extension of our language. So for me, uh, it's it's really a technology that's helping us become more connected, of course, become more one. You know, it's and, and we see it. We don't have to believe in spiritual ideas to see that we see how, since the internet has been invented, people feel much more like they are a human on earth as opposed to French or Portuguese or American or Chinese, like our identity as a species, our identity as a human, a humanity really has been emerging from her um, growing interconnectedness through the internet. So I really see it, again, as a, as, a, as a reflection, as a mirror of what we already know deep inside. We are, we are one, and we are reaching out for ourselves through those, those technologies.
0: That's a beautiful answer. And when you talk about a little bit further down in the book, uh, becoming a digital survivalist, um, can you talk about that a little bit? And and just your view on on navigating the use of internet and social media and all these different things, because I feel like my generation was the first one in high school, I got Facebook, right. And, uh, you know, the way that the internet and social media and these platforms evolve is incredible. So if you're, you know, five years younger and five years younger than that and five years younger than that. It's almost these entirely different universes that are created for you and as parents, it's hard to even navigate You know what to do. My friend, I think he's done a good job. He came down and I can't, I don't know what his son was watching, something messed up on YouTube. I can't remember what he said, but he's like, I found, I found him watching something messed up on YouTube. So I just like totally didn't let him uh, use it at all. So um, what's your recommendation for just how an adult or even a younger person would navigate using this tool because it's so easy to be lost into the uh, kind of like, the casino lottery mix that happens out there, right? It's all these little clips and these shiny things that get your attention. Then all of a sudden you're gone down a rabbit hole and uh, you know, you're using it for nonsense. Um, But you know, on the other side, you know, I've got a whole list of courses that I go through every year. I think last year I did probably 10 courses and some of them were really big. And I really enjoy that. I get a lot of education and, and have podcasts lined up. And so I can curate it in a way that it really becomes, um, you know, powerful information. But even at that point, there can be too much information, right? As I'm scrolling too much telegram, trying to figure out what's going on in the world. And and I don't think that's healthy for most people. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. So I mean, just like any technology, it's the internet is not good or bad. It's just it's, it's a technology. It's a tool. Of course, it's what you do with it. So um, as you mentioned, it can be a really good thing. You know, you say you learn, you learn for your courses online, you you have access to all those podcasts. Um, and it really, I think it really comes down to also seeing how the whole, the whole, um, like, like the human story itself, uh, is a great thing, can be a good thing, but with enough, uh, with moderation, you know, you don't want to be involved in the human story all the time. You want to meditate, you want to sit back, you want to you want to take some distance to be able to also hear the story of the universe the story of nature itself it's it's the point of doing some meditation for example uh, so it's the same thing with the internet it's a great technology but if you are not aware of your use of the internet you are entrapping yourself in the human story and you you can't get out of it and it becomes a nightmare it becomes uh filled with anxiety and stress So that's what we're seeing with a lot of teenagers r- right now for example uh, so, I mean, there are many things you can do. I explained in my book, I mean, some of the very basic things you can do is be intentional. You know, every time you use your devices, think about why you're doing it. Like, don't, don't just take your phone and, and without thinking. Like, just wait, breathe, and, and know why you're going to use your phone. And if you don't come up with a valid answer, if you don't know why you're going to do it, then don't. Just breathe. Be with yourself. Uh, But if you do know what you're going to do, do it, but don't get distracted. Don't go do something else because that's the issue. Most people start using their phones or their computer to do something useful, to do something productive, and then get carried away by a notification an email or something. So it takes practice. And, and I mean, I, I try to do it as much as possible and I still fail. You know, I still have times where I just go down the rabbit hole. So it's just like meditation. You know, you focus on your breath and you come back to it. Like, you will fall, you will get distracted. It's a given. It's, it's, it's a given. It's all about not judging yourself and coming back to the practice and staying intentional. That's the first, the main thing, I think. The, the second thing I would say is, um, is just f- f- like seek, the, seek the root of the addiction. Like it's, it's an addiction. People who are scrolling social media all day, it's an addiction. And we don't talk about it enough because everybody is addicted. Most people are addicted. So it's, it's kind of like smoking tobacco in the 60s. It is so widespread that nobody wants to talk about it. It's, uh, the, the shame prevents people from expressing it. And, it's, and we're all like, well, everybody does it, so I don't need to talk about it. But so many people are just addicted. We need to, we need to say it like it is. It is addiction. And it is really just an, extent, an extension of the addiction that we have with our own ego, with our own thinking. Again, the web is just an extension of human language. And we are, we've been addicted to our ego, to our sense of identity and our, our, you know, our, our talk inside our head for thousands of years already. So we, we now do that online. It's about being honest and seeing, why can I not be with myself and be still? Why do I need to go on the computer? Why can I not be at peace with just waiting in line um, at the store? Why do I need to grab my phone, you know? And the answer is often because people are suffering, because people are in pain and they don't want to be with their suffering. They don't want to be with their pain. So there's really no way to stop digital addiction and have a better use of the web if we're not willing to face our pain and our suffering. The good news is that it is tremendously powerful Um, if we can stop the the cycle of addiction and just face ourselves, face our pain, then we can start growing again. Then we can start emerging from this pain, and we can become a new person. So that's um, those are really the two main things I would I would tell anyone. It's it's basic, but it's tremendously powerful. Just being intentional and um, and seeking the root of the addiction.
0: Yeah. Well, when you Shared an addiction. I was like, Oh, <laughs> it's like I knew that, but it was just more direct. It's like, Oh shit, I'm addicted. <laughs> which is which is it right? Because how you know David Lone Bear used to come on and say, How often do you take your phone to the toilet? You know what I mean? Why are you mm-hmm. taking your phone to the toilet? And one of the practices he started to give um at the end of our talks a couple of years ago was to just you know get off your phone from 10 to noon. You know what I mean? Just don't have it mm-hmm. on you. And it's so funny because I remember seeing this clip, you can probably still find it online where they interviewed people in New York in the 90s and said, if you could get a cell phone, would you want one? And everyone's like, no, I don't, I don't want a cell phone. I don't want people. And everyone was saying, no, nobody wanted one. <laughs> um, right now, now it's like our own little kind of digital prison. And you know, there are some things that I want to get into about you know going into a technological uh, digital prison. What do they call it? That technological revolution or something like that. Um, Klaus Schwab's book but one one thing i think is important is the idea of being bored Right, just sitting with yourself, being bored and listening, and just being with your thoughts. We're constantly looking for this distraction. So, understanding that it's an addiction and then being okay with being bored. And another kind of tactical movement I've seen going on and haven't had the uh, strength to do it yet is just getting to a flip phone. Like, you know, you have your computer Mm -hmm. for your computer, it has everything that you need, uh, but your phone just does phone stuff. It just calls and maybe even texts, and you leave it at that. And um, it's just like the practice of getting out into nature and doing these things. Once you can kind of cut it off and wean it off, you realize you didn't need it as much as you thought you did. And I feel like that's a very um, tactical uh, thing to do because it's, it can be very hard to uh, wean yourself off, you know, as a strategy. It can be very challenging to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've used the flip phone myself. It was really enlightening. Um, I mean, think about it. Like the world has been civilization as we know it has been here for thousands of years. <laughs> And people built it without phones, without computers. <laughs> so the idea that you can't survive without your phone, that you need even your phone uh, or the computer or the internet to be more productive, more useful in society, is is not true. You know, in some industries, in some jobs, yes, you do, but most of the case most of the cases it's just addiction. People lie to themselves. And and I would even say in most of the time people would actually be more, more productive if they, if they didn't have their phones around. They would be more useful, more, more able to, to live a good life if they, if they use them less. So you mentioned not using the phone in the morning, for example. That's also a great practice. Again, it depends on your job, on what you can, on how you organize your life. But if you are uh, working for yourself or working from home and you have the opportunity to really control your exposure, your accessibility to the world, yeah it's a great practice to leave those first few hours in the morning after you wake up just to be with yourself or to to be away from technology it's really powerful because you 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 know you either have an intent or the world gives you one so that's that's the issue is people wake up and they check their phone and the phone then from what they read on the news or social media just starts putting things in their mind and and, and clouds their mind, clouds their judgment, and then they go on with their day, and they don't realize that they just they just wasted this amazing window of opportunity, which is the morning. Because when you wake up in the morning, your mind is usually much more clear; it's the clearest it will be in the whole day. Whereas if you don't check your phone when you wake up, you can really center yourself, think for yourself, cultivate sovereignty in your being cultivate intentionality and then approach your life, approach today, approach the whole world with that intention.
0: Yeah, what you said there is very, very powerful, <clears throat> and it also, you know, as you do that as a habit, which is, you know, people wake up and they get into these habits. Um, your phone, it will, it cloud, but it also confuse and overwhelm, and that's kind of by design. You, you go from one to another, and then even whether it's just getting general information that could be useful about the day and the world events, and when the world events right now are all uh, really, you know, kind of negative. And a lot of the people that I've been coaching and talking to lately, it's it's been very fascinating because some places. Not, not a lot. Unfortunately, I've experienced very little of this. My friends in the United States and uh, Costa Rica and Mexico, they've experienced a very little tyranny where in Canada, we've experienced an an abundance of lockdowns and and challenges and, and different things. And I feel on one side, it's important to be aware of it, but people can easily be lost in this negative loop because there's so much of it and how we Mm -hmm. mitigate that. So how do we respond to the situation that we are in and be the most useful, you know, so understanding where where there might be a danger or a challenge ahead and to prepare for that but then you know shut it off because you know what it is and move most of your attention and energy into the response to what the challenge may be and then the master teaching of all of this is can you be whole and content and harmonious in the process and i've had guests on my show that have been um you know, incarcerated and in jail, and they were able to get to these states where they were basically, you know, they had no choice, and they were able to find peace in, you know, almost 100% slavery. So I know it's uh, a possible, but it's really challenging when you're supposed to be apparently free, and you can't participate in society, and you're going to lose your job and your livelihood and all this kind of stuff. And technology <clears throat> is either giving you hope or despair, in which way this is going to kind of trend. So uh, I'd be curious your thoughts on you know, how do we use technology for good? How do we bridge? You talk about this in your book a little bit, you know, weaving antiquity into modern technology and and bringing spirituality into technology. I know right Mm -hmm. now through Hollywood and media that it's a, it's being used for negative influence. They're implanting all these different ideas and they're doing it on purpose and it's not ideal. And if we could change that in the education system or our media, we could flip the world in a heartbeat. So that I feel like is included in the technology. Um, and if we look at the plans from these people like Klaus Schwab, he talks about the fourth industrial revolution and what they want to do is get us on these digital certificates with the digital banking and the digital crypto. So they want to basically enslave us through technology. Um, this isn't my opinion. This is what they wrote in their book books, which you can go pick up and read for yourself. Um, and it's awful and it eventually gets to a chip. So then our, you know, our whole body's a QR code. There's the internet of uh, things, but then there's the internet of bodies connected. And so now they're starting the propaganda with putting a chip in you so that, you know, you can be tracked and have all your medical information in there. So it sounds like I talked about this years ago and people couldn't believe it. And even now they can't, but they're starting to publish it on major newspapers. So how do we avoid that world and move into something where we can harmonize and synergize with technology in a positive way?
1: Yeah, great question. You touched some very really powerful points. Um, to answer that, I'm going to go back a bit to the, the the beginning of your of your response. You said that, um, not sure exactly what you, what you, the words you used, but the, the idea that. Um, people consume the news and then they get, they get stuck in those patterns and those loops of confusion and clouds um, really does not lead people to action. It leads people to freezing. Like I think we're in a time where there's so much information, people are actually freezing and they're not actually taking action in their lives to really change their reality. So I think that the first step, the first step to answering your question is to really start um, inviting people to, instead of consuming news the news of the world what's happening in the world to consume the news of their own reality their own self which is really how we gain sovereignty uh, uh, you know on ourselves we instead of tuning into what's going on in the world which is just an avoidance of ourselves we start tuning into okay what is the weather not in the world but the weather inside me how do i feel what needs to be changed right now what what needs caring what needs attention in me right now so i think that's the most revolutionary thing that anyone in this world right now can do and it requires no technology it's something that people need to do for themselves and only from this place can we start using technology in an empowered uh, in an empowered way only if we are ourselves empowering ourselves we can use technology to do powerful things in the world so it's about regaining that sovereignty first you know taking the attention back to ourselves in some way being being selfish you know just caring for ourselves just taking care of this of this body first of this person that we are first and and of our immediate circle first and then from that place then we can start using the web to bring more of what we need and what we want and what we're seeking or express more of what needs to change or organize the change around ourselves but it needs to start with ourselves we need to start we need to be grounded in ourselves in in what's really going on to really use those technologies, those tools um, for, for the right things. Um, so, so for, let, me, let me try to give a, a concrete example. All those tools that we have, social media, et cetera, they're right now being used for a lot of confusion. But if people could develop more sovereignty in themselves and find more of the things that need to change in their immediate circle, they could use those same technologies that we are vilifying right now, like Facebook and all the social media for good. They could actually use, and, and they are often, but not enough, you know? we, we could use those technologies to organize positive change. But what it takes is people actually starting to listen to themselves and to what actually needs to happen and taking action, not just listen to what the world is saying and then just retreat or repeat and say, oh, yeah, this person is doing this, this person is doing that. But using those tools to actually create that change and foster that change. Um, Does that answer your question or do do you want to dig a bit more?
0: Yeah, no, I, I love all that. And I totally agree. And and I think what you said right at the beginning is so brilliant is to monitor the inner world first. That's the most important thing. And the way that I analogy that I've been using a lot, especially within my coaching is like, okay, back in the day, if you think about Braveheart, where they had to go out with the, the arrows and, and the crazy maces, you know, all these terrible ways you could die and you could see, oh, the war is going to come. Um, well, how would you live leading up to that? And when you go into war, um, how, how settled would you be? And what would happen if you had to Go into a battle like that is number one you would pray you would have a spiritual connection you would say creator god please help me get through this because this is so insane you got people on horses with swords and bow and arrows i have no idea um if i'm going to get through this and then that's a recognition that everybody needs to go through in their own life to understand that you're mortal, that you're going to pass that you're going to die it's just this is you know really centralizing it you know to say hey uh, w- how uh, at peace are you with your mortality, with, with your life. And then that can help you really redefine how you spend it. And so when you wake up each day and you say, okay, what's my inner world like, then you can respond uh, with uh, greater purpose. And like you said, intent with what is happening, right? Cause it will require a response, but when you first get centered, then you can respond rather than kind of get react uh, reactionary and, and be pulled you know, over and over. So I think that that's incredibly brilliant. And with the way that, you know, they want to use this technology right now <clears throat> and where they're going, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about um, transhumanism. You know, you talk yeah. about that a little bit in your book and in, in cryptocurrency. And this is where they've talked about putting it onto a digital currency. So that way, if you had a QR code and they say, oh, we're going to have lockdowns. <clears throat> apologies for my voice.
1: No problem. Give me
0: One sec if they have lockdowns, right. And they say, Oh, well you can't use it for 15 miles. Cause you're in a lockdown Well, your QR code wouldn't work, but then eventually it's actually going to be a chip. And they talk about this. And that's why with the increased drones and the five G's and the whole technology, it becomes uh, pretty frightening. And there is a transhumanism agenda, this, you know, gender neutral, really weird stuff going on. And, um, you know and it it removes the soul and if you look into some of their old work and you look at the work of Rudolf steiner and all these different things their whole agenda from the beginning was to remove spirit from man they sometimes say they remove the ghost in the machine and that's why if you do plant medicine or you do something like that you recognize that there is a more powerful force uh, something that is unifying that is beyond words that is unbelievable and all the plants all the animals the rest of the earth knows this and uh humans seem to be you know it's this you <laughs> great distraction it is the matrix to to take you away from that to think that you're not connected to this um incredibly powerful brilliant uh unbelievable magical force and one thing i've been liking is uh, every now and then some of the people that i follow will talk about how the controllers want to create um ai and bots and technology and then it'll compare it to nature like god's creation and you look at you know uh um what's that super fast bird i don't know why <laughs> the fast little super- tiny bird a, that can fly backwards um, and forwards and a hummingbird.
1: Oh, <laughs> hummingbird yeah
0: yeah you know and just like the color and what 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 god has created is so magical and we have that ability within us we we have the spirit you know that's the one thing that they're not accounting for is the spirit of man and even to go a little bit further um there's an old interview in time magazine with bill gates and somebody makes a joke and says yeah it's like a soul a man and he gets all weird and he does his like back and forth thing and he says we don't have evidence for that we don't have evidence for that and these kind of evil kind of controllers who want to take the spirit out they don't believe in this you know they actually believe mm-hmm. in something else and that's why they're able to stick in this material realm but when you get connected to nature you realize it's all spiritual it's all connected mm-hmm. it's all magical and beautiful and beyond words and there's something giving this and granting it and you choose with your own free will to connect with that. And I feel like the more disconnected we get with that, the more we, we, we have uh, no meaning, we have no purpose, we get lost. And then that's when they can insert their agenda and their thing and give us purpose and give us meaning and give us intent and use us for uh, whatever they wish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You nailed it. You know, the, a lot of people in the tech industry are extremely rational. And when I say extremely rational, I mean it literally, like extremely. Like being rational is not a bad thing, but when you're extremely rational, just like any extremes, it becomes it becomes problematic. It's an industry where if you want to succeed, uh, if you you work in it, usually you are a very intellectual, analytical person. And so a lot of people in this industry, I would not say are evil. I don't. I don't. I don't believe they are like. Uh, choosing to harm people but they are ignorant there is ignorance there's a lot of ignorance um, and so really transhumanism is just the the religion of of you know mainstream science if you think about it because what transhumanism uh, seeks is transcendence through technological improvement and in a in a, in a you know this mainstream science is materialist it does not make any room for spirit for God it's not as you said as you you used the example of Bill Gates I believe you said in an interview just being like no no the the soul does not exist the soul has not been proven and and it's true it hasn't been proven scientifically it is to be experienced by by consciousness itself so it's a matter of awakening that cannot be communicated through absolute um, logical terms it has to be experienced and so what's going on what i see going on in silicon valley is a lot of people who don't believe in god don't believe in spirit don't don't have spiritual practices just like me when i was a kid think that religious people are are stupid you know are are, um, deluding themselves and from that place they feel above They they feel superior to 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 those concepts and they even feel like they are the ones leading evolution because Technology has been transforming the world in so many ways, and there has been so much money being thrown at technological companies, and those companies have been generating themselves so much money. It's easy for people in this industry to feel like they are the kings, the new kings, like they are the ones leading the evolution of mankind. That's really how a lot of people feel in this industry. So you you take those two components, the the lack of understanding of spirit, the really like flat materialist perspective of reality, and you add to it uh, ego. <laughs> you add to it just a um, feeling of superiority, feeling like they're, they're really the, the chosen ones that are changing the world. And, and you create transhumanism, which is this idea that um, they are going to um, help humanity ascend to a whole new way of existing through uh, putting chips in your brain and uploading your consciousness to the cloud and all those things. When, of course, they don't even understand what consciousness is in the first place. You know, they don't understand. They want to, they want, they're trying to affect something that they don't understand. Or, you know, there's also a lot of talks about uh, killing death. Some people in Silicon Valley believe that using technology, we're going to be able to alter our biology using nanorobots and gene editing and all those things to essentially be immortal. Um, and they see it as a good thing. Of course, if, if you have spiritual beliefs, you can see all the reasons why this is not a good thing. <laughs> because we need the cycle of life. We need to transition somewhere else. If we just stay here forever, we're really removing a, a lot to, to what we're doing here. We're creating a living hell. So I, I would not say any of those people are evil. They're just really ignorant. They just haven't touched a deeper spiritual understanding because they're really stuck in their heads they're they're not letting themselves go in the body and go in the in the innocence of of natural curiosity and, and just like experiencing life as it is um and i understand it because i've been there and a lot of people have been there it's it's really and i'm still there now and it's 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 a it's a it's a difficult thing to it can seem like a difficult thing to stop thinking and to actually experience so let's see if there's anywhere else i want to bring this yeah you know you see people like elon musk talking about uh, this reality potentially being a simulation it really tells you a lot about his ignorance you know it's i have a lot of respect for his work really really great man on so many levels but here you have uh, on paper the richest person in the world one of the most influential person in the world and the man clearly lacks some understanding. Clearly lacks some wisdom here. So, so those are the people leading our world. Those are the people leading the, the mainstream perception of where we're going and where we need to go. And they don't have spiritual connection. They, they, they you know, they, they, they spread ideas like reality being a simulation, and um, you know, potentially. I mean, they're basically saying that humans are. Almost like machines that we are like machines, and that machine, and machines can um, are going to be you know more intelligent than us, more advanced than us. Of course, all those things when we have a spiritual understanding are not possible because machines don't have a soul. We are the soul. We are the consciousness, and we're creating machines. So, so it's really yeah. In my book, I really try to, to bring more of a holistic perspective to transhumanism, and explain that technology is yeah a tremendous force for our evolution you know it is true it is really transforming the world but we need balance we need to do to execute that transformation while remembering spirits so we don't we don't turn into some really scary um, people you know with chips in our brains and and we don't lose our humanity really we don't We don't narrow the human experience to a robotic state.
0: Yeah, you bring up a lot of great points. And um, I feel like if we're going to go down this path of uh, technology, then it's aligning it with uh, the creator's laws or universal laws or God's laws, you know, not to uh, interfere and and play God. And I was going through the book of Enoch and had a a couple podcasts uh, that I was going through. And one of the ideas was that, you know, God struck down the earth and one of his main laws was don't mess with creation. Don't, you know, every time we mess with genetics, that's when it talked about God wiping out the earth. And I thought that was a very interesting analogy. And that's kind of, you know, some people out there talk about, you know, them trying to play God. And I think that we differ in the sense that, uh, you know, I do think some of these people are evil because of their intent to uh, control and harm and manipulate reality. But most people are order followers. So the doctors and nurses and all these people, a lot of them, like I, I know a lot of them, and they're not speaking out. They know what's going on. Uh, some of them are buying the Kool-Aid for what's going on because that was their indoctrination and that was their education. Uh, but some of them, they're, they'll lose their job. They can't provide for their family. Can't do. They're good people, but they're doing this anyway. Or they, they bought it hook, line, and sinker, and they think what they're doing is good when it's not good. It's actually terrible. So they're just following the orders. But who created those orders and what was their intent? Yeah then from my research and, you know, understanding these people do not have positive intent. So whether they're defined as evil, um, is one thing, but they're definitely a threat and what they have designed for the rest of us is, is not good. It's not life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is not a connection with the creator. It is not harmony, cooperation, and peace. It's the total opposite. And they're using all of their force and their influence and intent to architect that reality. And so I feel like it's important to just understand it and call it what it is. Um, but then say, okay, well, now that we know that, how do we design something uh, better? And I'd love for you to touch on that. How do we begin using these technologies? Because we're even seeing it now. Like you look at uh, YouTube had to take off the dislikes because all of these nonsense posts, people are waking up and putting thousands of dislikes and you start seeing these comments go. And now, now we're seeing, Oh, it's not what they're saying. They're controlling uh, as much as they can, but you're seeing that people are communicating that they're not buying like something is off. And so they can only control it so much. So we have this opportunity to do something great to share information uh, at a blink of an eye. And there's a lot of other great things, but what they want to use it for is probably not positive. And I don't know if you want to touch a little bit. You were into crypto with the, the Bitcoin mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I know what they want to do with that, right? Their whole you've, you, I've heard of, of multiple... Um, financial experts just talk about it, where this old system, was, where it used to be backed by gold, it's not. So we're already in a fake money system. There's no value there. We just agree there's value. They're holding up this old system with inflation, going to central banks, international monetary fund, things like that. That can crash. And then they say, hey, here's a new digital one that is now definitely meaningless. And so if you don't obey to what we like, we just shut that off. And now you can't go get groceries. And that's a pretty... Uh, frightening future. And I'd be curious your thoughts on just how do we use this technology for good? How do we start to integrate the, the spirit and, and use these systems and uh, prevent that kind of scenario they want to architect? And your thoughts mm-hmm. on, on cryptocurrency?
1: Well, I think crypto is the answer, actually. That's, um, crypto is basically allowing us to build a new internet that is based on people owning their data. And not being uh, just, you know, just not not to not be able to censor anyone on the internet. That comes with its own set of issues, but total freedom of expression is possible with crypto, which is not possible on the internet as we know it right now with centralized social media. As you as you explained with YouTube, you know, removing comments and removing dislikes and all that. So, I mean, you are right, you know. I mean, I, I use the word evil carefully, but I agree with you that a lot of people in this industry have, um, yeah, have, I, I would say they have this belief that they deserve to have more power because they know how to use it better than other people. (laughs) And so that's the justification behind a lot of companies like Google or Facebook, taking all this data, you know, it's, Oh, but we're not going to do anything bad. You know, we actually, we want to make the world a better place. We're actually going to use it for good, but we need that power, that power first to, to do things. And of course we see that we can't trust them. We can't trust them with all that power because they censor people, they mute people who have, Uh, different opinions so what crypto allows is for us to rebuild a completely new internet that is um, not owned by anyone really or owned by everybody such that there will still be private companies building interfaces building softwares because you need uh, you you need you know for-profit companies to have an incentive to create technologies you know open source is a beautiful beautiful ideal but The reality is money is what puts food on the table and there's an amazing incentive for companies to build technologies and make a lot of money and thus have an incentive to create very user-friendly experiences for people but what crypto allows is that you can experience those um, those interfaces with those private companies while still remaining in full ownership of your data and thus change to any other interface in the future if you need. So, for example, if um, like a a crypto YouTube decided to ban what you talk about online, your data would still be there and anyone could still access it with a different software. You would not have to jump to a different platform. Your data would still be there. So, for me, that's that's really what we're seeing happening is... is, um, is the internet, the web becoming more mature, more sovereign through crypto, through blockchain, through um, those technologies that allow it to be more established in the world as as a resource for humanity, as opposed to a product created by private companies. Now, you also said it's true that the the shadow of that is that some people want to control crypto, want to control um, those technologies to control people even more. I mean, it's 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 crazy, you know. You can you can come up with the the, the most liberating technology ever, and there will ever there is all there will always be someone trying to control it, trying to turn it to their advantage. And it, it it's like that with everything, you know. Everything in life, you know. Covid ap- appeared. You could you could say they made it or they didn't make it, whatever it is. Like whatever happens in the world, there are always going to be people trying to take advantage of it. But crypto, really, Bitcoin was created for me just out of pure generosity the guy who created it is anonymous he never spent his bitcoin is i I don't remember the number but he's supposed to have billions and billions of dollars in bitcoin he he never used them so it seems like it's really it really came from the heart from just someone being you know interested in being like okay let's 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 put this thing online and i do think that it's a a truly liberating technology for what it allows people to do online um you know you can buy anything you want online uh you can and now you can as i said create a new internet um, but really, there's no way anyone can control it. So I, I'm, um, I hear your, your concerns about, about governments trying to, to, to use it against people, but really, I, the technology itself cannot be controlled. So as long as people know how to use the technology, uh, I just think it's a wonderful thing.
0: Well, I appreciate those insights because I do have, you know, even in this community, I think it's split. Some people are like, "Okay, crypto is good." Some people are like, "Oh no, it's 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 no good." But it get and I don't I don't have the expertise to understand like the blockchain. That's where they're talking about the blockchain. Yeah. But couldn't couldn't they just make it illegal to say, "All right, if you have, if you're trading in, yeah, you know, they they do a policy. It's like, okay, you have all this Bitcoin, but you're only going to use the government coin. So if you use anything else, then it's illegal. Can they yeah. do something like that?"
1: Uh, yes and no. So I mean. Yeah, there has been a lot of bullshit going on around the crypto and blockchain space recently. Just like, it's kind of like the dot-com bubble. There's actually value to the web. It's, it's you know, let's not just throw everything away and say, okay, crypto is bullshit, but there's, I would say 95% of what's out there right now is bullshit. Uh, so there are people trying to make a quick buck of, you know, uh, unsuspecting people creating shit coins, you know, creating the stupid coins that people just pump and dump. All this stuff is real and and, and definitely not not good. Uh, but really, the core of it is is really strong. You, you, so you ask, can a government uh, ban it? Yes, they can. But all it would take for someone to keep using it is use a VPN or use Tor. I don't know if you've heard of Tor. It's uh, you know a software to access the dark web. Um, so in china you can actually see in china they just banned it like a couple months ago they said okay all chinese people you are no longer allowed to mine bitcoin you are no longer allowed to buy to trade to do anything with bitcoin now the reality is a lot of people you know just closed their trading accounts and and, and stopped but a lot of other people are just you just keep using it all they do is use a vpn and there's nothing the chinese government can do to prevent that because the Internet, uh, you know, they, 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 they would either have to ban the whole Internet. They, are, or they, they just can't do it. You know, they can't ban all VPNs. Or even if they do, there they will be new VPNs that will fly under the radar. So there's no effective way to ban crypto. You could ban the, the trading exchanges. You could ban uh, the ways in which people transfer, convert their, their crypto into, into fiat currencies. But there will always be ways in which people can, you know, convert uh, their crypto to cash in person on the street, for example. There is websites where you can actually meet people on the streets and and convert your Bitcoin like that. Uh, Or you could still buy things online, buy services online in crypto and nobody would ever know about it. So yes, they can make it harder for people to use it, but ultimately it's here to stay. Um, and that's, that's for uh, the, the means of exchange. So that's for the crypto as a, as a currency. But you also have blockchains that can help you create software that can create new digital experiences. Those, I don't see why they would actually ban this because it's, um, you know, it's actually already being used in some ways. Like when you use WhatsApp, for example, your messages are already encrypted. You could say, well, the NSA doesn't like this because they can't see your messages. That really, there's nothing they can do about it. If if they start telling Facebook, no, 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 stop encrypting the messages, it's just not gonna fly. You know, yes, they're they like to spy on people, but you know, some things are already established, and uh, there are already you know frontiers on people's liberties that we already have established. So I, I'm I'm feeling pretty uh, hopeful with that.
0: Appreciate that. Yeah, I'm definitely a noob when it comes to the the crypto. And I know that the whole blockchain technology is really the the exciting piece. And it's also the idea of trading, you know, another way to trade without uh, banking and currency. And we know that banking if you know if you study the world and how things have happened it's it's this centralized banking that's really an issue because if they can control the currency they can start to manipulate a lot of other things like the markets like the politics and all these different things and we need to really reimagine everything from the ground up and make sure that every single system that we're using that we're engaging with um you know is kind of like spiritually morally and ethically aligned and so to stop participating in those things that are that are not you know, align with those ideas and start to recreate things built on spiritual principles so that it makes sense, you know what I mean? And so um, this is just a big opportunity, I think, for mankind to take everything that we, you know, have done and then say, oh, we got to stop because it's kind of gotten out of control. And now let's redefine and reuse these things um, and make sure that they're they're pointed in the right direction. And even if, you know, let's say these these rulers or creators or these people with intent that don't have the greater good in mind, we just stop participating in that and participate in something else. That's all we need to do is remove our participation from things that are not helpful. That's all we have to do. And, um, you know, work and cooperate in the communities that we're in. And uh, you know, that's how we're going to find these solutions. And this is what this opportunity is for me. So um, I just appreciate you and your work and and your book and what you're talking about and and synergizing those two worlds. Is there uh, any other topics or any questions that you wish I'd asked that you want to cover before we um, close this out? Mm, I'm curious do you have any uh, you know I, I think just I just always throw the big general ones at you you know what I mean like how, how do you see how do you see us moving forward you know how, like uh, yeah. like the way that I see it is you know they've got the agenda with the technology and it's written yeah. down I'm not making it up it's in their books and it's not positive and mm-hmm. um, then there's but they're, they don't count for the spiritual aspect they don't count for yeah. you know the hundredth monkey or whatever you know ideally we're a little bit more divine and smarter than monkeys but I feel like the hand of God or the creator you know to go against the creator I think is really stupid it, or to go against nature right nature is always going to win god is always going to win in my view and and i think the whole point is to sell your soul you know what i mean to compromise who you are to make these choices that you know are harmful to others that are like you said you've got the human story but what about you know all the other things like in you know the native teachings they talk about all my relations even right. the rocks, the trees, the birds, everything is life. And how do we integrate into that and right. and uh, and not compromise that for this fake paper, this fake thing or or whatever the manipulation may be?
1: yeah, I mean, I think I think you you summed it all when you said, that we really choose with our habits with the way we consume the way, the way we 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 live so you know i talked about whatsapp for example having encrypted messaging that actually didn't happen until facebook started realizing that people were moving away from whatsapp towards encrypted apps because they were caring for their privacy so it really shows how you know You froze. Key for us moving forward
0: oh can you repeat can you- that You I, you froze for about 10 seconds you're back now
1: okay i'm sorry That's yeah fine. i was uh, uh it seems like yeah my connection is not so good i'm sorry for that um so yeah i was saying you know you you touched on the point of people uh, voting with their choices basically And I I talked about WhatsApp encrypting messages, and you can see how really the way it happened is Facebook had to start encrypting messages on WhatsApp because people were moving away from WhatsApp to Signal and other apps where their messages were fully private. So for people choosing privacy, for people choosing to use technology differently, those companies had to change to fit those new demands from consumers. So that's really what I see as being the way to move forward. We need people to start. Um, if people want, want to see more wisdom in technology, they, still, they need to, to start uh, demanding that for themselves in their own lives. That is that is connecting spiritually to themselves. That is tuning into, as we shared earlier, the weather of their own self, the news of their own being, cultivating that sovereignty. And then um, seeing that automatically reflect in in the world in which they live for the way they, they now exist in this world. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of amazing potential for how technology can become more spiritual, more wise, uh, for how interfaces can become less intrusive, and that really is going to happen with people demanding it, starting to be like, hey, I don't, I'm not gonna use Facebook if you if you have all those. Um, design techniques in it that make it so that I'm addicted to it. And so all those things are going to keep forcing the industry to, to find new ways to, to be helpful in, people, in people's lives and not actually try to enslave them to technology. But it starts, it starts collectively. It starts with people really um, really taking ownership of their own lives and, and not letting, letting those technologies abuse them so that we can really redefine the, the place of technology in our lives. Uh, and there are beautiful things that we can do. I mean, the computer revolution is huge. It is, and my my kind of like prophetic belief, like trans, my own version of transhumanism is um, is that software. Oh, shoot.
0: Oh shoot! We, <laughs> you're just about to say your prophetic. I'm you're, sorry. Your, That's okay. Your belief is is worth. my
1: prophetic revelation. Yeah, yeah. See, right the, in the then world it, world
0: stopped. It. So like, shit. <laughs> <It's> powerful. <laughs> the internet shut it down. It's already self-aware. Uh, shit. <laughs>
1: so yeah, the revelation is that really software is so powerful that I can see how it is. It can move us to a uh, post. Um, a world beyond necessity that's the last that's the name for last the, the, the last chapter in my book a world beyond necessity which means there is uh, everything could be automated really everything a lot of the way we live today a lot of the ways we produce value today could actually be automated that can seem like a scary thing like can seem like a black mirror thing but i actually do think in a, if we do it properly we can actually raise the standard of living for billions of people we can, we can actually increase the standard of living so much that people can start seeking higher ideals. People don't have to be a slave to money anymore. But um, there's two scenarios here. We either let those big corporations without soul take all this productivity, just develop all the AIs, develop all the softwares that are going to automate more and more of the world and capture all this value. And we're going to have companies with tens of trillions of dollars of valuation and people with nothing Or we find a way to actually reclaim our sovereignty, push the industry towards more ownership for people. And we find ways also with the legal system to actually create uh, a system where everybody can receive a part of that value. And that's um, that's a completely new conversation to have. But I feel really hopeful that if we can do this properly, if we wake up and we don't let the agenda of these companies just owning the whole world happen uh we can actually have a world with much more prosperity but it really takes people waking up waking up to their own selves their own sovereignty and really really looking at what's going on in their own lives and demanding demanding um, health really that's what it comes down to and yeah it's just health demanding healthy relationships healthy interactions with companies with technologies and uh, it starts with us
0: I love it. I, I totally agree. You know, if you want to change the world, change yourself. And um, it seems like we want to push the button and make everything okay. And but it, you're you're totally correct. The best thing that we can do is really just understand ourselves, know ourselves. Um, you know, and then that resonance will allow the opportunity for other people to learn and grow when they see that you can do it. And so uh, I totally agree. I appreciate you coming on and your work. If people want to check out the book or your website or follow you, where should they go?
1: They can go on my website, louison.me. So L O U I S O N.me. And yeah, that's uh, my website. So you're going to find a link to my book and other things.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you. We'll uh, definitely stay in touch and see how things go and and definitely hope for the best. I love, you know, with the technology and what we can access, you know, the sky's the limit. So if we can do that in in conjunction with God's law, universal law and, um, you know, taking into relation all things, you know, the sky's the limit. So we just have to uh, vote with our our choice and our consciousness. So appreciate you and uh, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace there you have it ladies and gentlemen the absolutely amazing louison dumont i hope that you enjoyed that episode of the show today and if you did please share it far and wide become a subscriber on youtube Uh, get on the email list at mattbelair.com if you're interested in working one-on-one with me and you want to learn tools about living your life purpose uh, becoming resilient overcoming limiting beliefs imposter syndrome and you really want to make a difference in this world in a meaningful way to you then hit me up mattbelair.com forward slash coaching you can check out the soul compass course, the quantum heart hypnosis, or even the atomic alchemy group. There are a lot of ways to get very clear and uh, create a strategy for what you want to do, how you want to navigate these times, because these are a time for action and there are a time for change and there are a time for clarity. And so if you need any help with that, just hit me up over there. As always, the best thing you can do to support this show is three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. And uh, let's just come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it up. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly. Fill in every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, faith, courage, power, compassion, kindness, curiosity, and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.